Um, so this text that we have today, Psalm 46, is a beautiful psalm. It is a psalm that I have been reflecting on, wrestling with for about a month now. And sometimes you have these scriptures, they just get you and they don't let you go. And you have to stop, you have to think, you have to pray, you have to analyze, you have to grow through them. And this is the sum that I've been having a wonderful time with for about a month now. And there is something to be said about the sums. You cannot read the sums the same way you would read, for example, the book of Revelation or Paul's letters to Corinthians uh, under the text. Because the Psalms are very deep reflections, intimate reflections, phrases, poetry. This is what they are. The Psalms are a different genre. And you have to approach them differently. And you have to read the Psalms as you would read poetry, as you would listen to lyrics, because this is what they are. And they invite us into a deep, deep realities, spiritual realities these people were going through. And sometimes they are so deep and intimate that you feel that whether you should be reading them because it's like they are giving you really their guts. And sometimes they come with agony. And sometimes they come with anger. Sometimes they come with asking questions. And these are words that you and I, we don't share with people. I don't like to share my journal with people. Because they express what I go through my doubts, my questions. And the Psalms are like this. And they, they tell us something, what's going on in the lives of these people. So the Psalm here that we have is a beautiful Psalm. And you can see that the Psalm is divided into three. And it's easy to see because after each section, there is a little word that actually shows you the division of the psalm. If you look at the Psalm 46, you see a little word, Selah. After verse 3, after verse 7, at the end, after verse 11. The word Selah means pause. Listen. Reflect. And I'm glad that this song is a, is, this song is a song also. It is music because there is no music without silences, without pauses. Life is not just a string of noises. Life is also about pauses and silences. And we need to take the time to Pause to reflect, to think.
Because life is in a way a piece of poetry, a piece of symphonic melody. You hear the sounds, but you also need to pause to listen to the silences of life. And this is a struggle that we may have, especially here in North America, especially here in the GTA, because we go so fast, because we are so bombarded by noises, that it can be hard to stop and to reflect. And this is what we are going to do today. By looking at the psalm and stop and reflect and learn. So the first part of the psalm is God is our refuge. What a beautiful way to start a psalm. God is our refuge. Verses 1 to 3. You can see that the psalm starts with a statement. God, there is no question about that. This is how the Bible starts. In the beginning was God. In the beginning, God created. It's not up for discussions. It's not the gods of this, it's not a God or the gods of the philosophers. It is a God that is rooted in the experience of these people. It is a faithful God. It is an infinite God. It is a God who is beyond time and space. It is a very loving God. So it's not a proposition. It's a reality that is based on the lives and the experiences of these people. God. So, people can talk about God, but if they don't know anything from experience, what do they know? Because God is not just what you see on a page. God is a reality. A reality God is my reality. I would not be here without the grace of God. I would not be here if God was not journeying with me. I would not be here without God's grace, without God's strength, without God's faithfulness. God, for me, is not just up there, an idea. God, for me, is the God of my mother. God, for me, is the God of my mother who knew that life is tough and had no one but God. In a country called Haiti, and the father who had to leave home when I was 14, to go to work in the United States so that he could provide. I don't know what it is to be a young person. I just don't know. Because I had to become a man at 14 because I'm the oldest in my family. And when my father came back 
to Haiti instead of me going to the States to be with him and work and help the family. He was 49. He came with a brain tumor to die. And I was 23. So the God I'm talking to you today is not a God I read about. It is a God who has proved himself to be my God. It's my intimate God. It's the God who walks with me, who talks with me, who guides me. This is the God I'm talking about here. It's not a God that I can say, I used to serve this God. No. It's not because I'm a university professor that this God stays in the past for me and now I am at a different stage. No. How dare. I could not just dare that. Because this is the God who gives me life. Who gives me everything that I have. This is the God. It's a God who is merciful, loving, faithful, eternal, and eternally present. When Moses went to Pharaoh, and before he was going to Pharaoh, he asked God, Who are you? When they asked me, Who is this God who sent you? God said, I am. I am. I am who I am. Exodus 3.14 I am who I am. Yahweh. That's a verb actually. It's not a noun. But it is, it is an ongoing verb. It is an eternal present. I am who I am. I was, I am, I will be. For me, there is no time, there is no space. I see the end before the beginning. I know where you've been. I know what you're going through. I know where you will be going. I know the difficulties. I know the pains. I know the deaths. I know the sicknesses. I know. So this is the God I'm talking about. And this is the God of this text. God is. You see? God is. It's only the fool. Psalm 14. 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. But it's only the fool. Because we know that God is. But God is our refuge. You see, Pastor Richard, he was talking about the Lord's Prayer. In the Lord's Prayer, what do you see? You see, our God, who is in heaven. Our God. It's not, my God, my God, me, 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 me. We have a generation of me generation. It's all about me. But in the Bible, it's never about me and me and me alone. It's about God in community. God walking with a community. God dwelling in a community. One of the most beautiful experiences I've had in my life 
was one day to go and visit a church that was very, very far from the capital city of Haiti. And very, very poor church. And we went, and when we got there, we did not have any chairs or benches. We all sat on the ground, and we shared what we have. For me, this is the image, what I'm talking about here, of sitting with God and his people and sharing. God is our. It's not my God only. It's the God of this community. We cannot survive on our own. We need one another. When I struggle, I need you. When you struggle, you need me. We all need one another so that we can grow together. This is the church. The church is not a spectator's spot. It's not one you come and you observe and you clap and you say, that was pretty good. And then you come back again. That's not the church. The church is a community serving one another, building one another, loving one another. That's what the church is about. Our God. Our God. He is our refuge and our strength. You see, I am an immigrant. How many of you are immigrants here? Okay, you get my point. Before I even say it, as an immigrant, there is something that is hard. The language is hard. The culture is hard. The food can be different. And the way that you used to do things may be different from the ways that they do things where you are. And some of us, we come in different ways. Some of us, we come as qualified immigrants. But some, they come as migrant workers. Some, they come as refugees. Some are fleeing from famines, from wars. They are traumatized. Some kids, they come here, they are traumatized. Some families, they come here, they are totally lost. But the text says that God is our refuge. So that is when you are traumatized. Yes, we need to do all we can for those who are traumatized here. All we can for those seeking refuge from wars and famines. But at the end of the day, God is our refuge. When we don't have anywhere else to go, we can always go to God. When I don't know where to go, and I cannot even share my burdens with my wife, I go to God. I cast all my cares upon Him. We 
have two boys. And it was extremely difficult for us at the beginning. And there is a song that kept us going. I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And any time that I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. I cast all my cares upon you. We don't know, but we can always go to God. Say, God, I am in a new country. I don't know anyone, no family, no friends. But I cast all my cares upon you. I know that you are my God. You are a present help in trouble. And the, 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 the writer goes, is all the mountains may fall. All the things might be chaotic. But because he knows who God is, he said, I will not fear. I will not fear though the earth give way. I will not fear. You know why? Because we know that God is an anchor. Things may be chaotic in our lives in the world today. But we know who God is. He is my anchor. He is the one who is holding us. Though we know or we may not know what we're doing or where we're going. But we know who God is. And because we know who God is in spite of the chaos in the world. I will not fear. I will continue to move on. I will continue to put my eyes upon you. And where is my strength coming? Where is it coming? It's coming from God who made the heavens and the earth. It's coming from God. God is my refuge and my strength. Sometimes I don't know, but I know God knows. Sometimes I don't see, but I know that God sees. Sometimes no one knows what goes here, but God knows. The questions, the doubts, the tears. But he knows. He knows. God is our strength. And our help in times of sorrows. So, the image here is one of chaos, but in the midst of all of this, we put our trust in him. Selah. Pause. Silence. We should not be afraid of silences. We should take more time, in fact, for silence. In a world that cannot stop talking. (coughs) 
It's too much. Silence. And what I like in the psalm is that the psalm moves from the chaos of here to something else. The second phase, second half of the psalm. It starts with there is a river. There is a river whose stream make glad the city of God. It's like we move from the city of man that is chaotic to the city of God where there is a river. Remember the garden of God in the book of Genesis? It has a river. Remember the garden of God in the book of Revelation? It has a river. We first were here, and then I got a job in Nova Scotia. It's only when I got into, into Nova Scotia that I realized this is why I did not feel totally right in Toronto. I did not take the time to go to the waters. So when I got to Nova Scotia, the water was right there. And I'm from an island. I cannot live without rivers, without the sea. I can't. I need the water to breathe. I need the water to feel. So there is a river. I hope that you can see what I'm trying to show you that the text is showing us. That in the midst of this chaos, there's the image of a beautiful garden, a beautiful river, a beautiful presence, and God is there. So the second half of the psalm shows us that God is with us. And what we need to do is to do something like this. We move from here, the mess of here, and we need to look up to see what God is doing and that God is actually with us in the midst of it all. When we are so preoccupied by the housing market, by the bills to pay, by the car, by the kids, by health issues, by co-workers that are difficult, by the world, the news from Ukraine, from Haiti, from the U.S., from Canada, from the fires. When we look at all of this, we feel crippled, lost. And the message of the Bible is not to be our thinking of pie in the sky and then leaving the mess down. No. That's not the message. But the message is not to be trapped by the chaos of here. So that we can go and look at God in the garden and be with God and be filled again with the joy, with the river of life. So that we can be filled with this living water and give to those who are thirsty and give to those who are looking for a new way and say to the world that death is not the end of the story. That the desert 
is not where we stay. That there is a garden where God is, where God resides. And that we can, from the garden of God, from the river of God, transform this world as we go, knowing that it will never be transformed totally until the new heaven and the new earth. This is the paradox. But it's more here. Because it's not just that it's a river and that God is up there. We are down. Yes, things are chaotic here. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. But God lifts his voice. Always remember that he is God. And he is with us. The Lord Almighty is with us. You will have a son. Matthew 1.23 He will be called God with us. Emmanuel. So in the psalm here, it gives us a glimpse of God, what God is doing, and what God will do. God is with us. And his Emmanuel is coming to be with us. And when Emmanuel went, the Emmanuel said, I will send you the Holy Spirit who will be with you, teaching you everything, helping you, understanding everything that I have taught you. I am with you. You will never be alone. I will always be with you. It's not about you, but I will empower you. I will give you hope. I will give you a river. Oh, how we need a river. A river of hope. A river of dreams. A river of beautiful music. A a river of beautiful poetry. That we can create things that are beautiful instead of chaotic. That we can envision a future where God is and not was. We can envision a future where kids can play as kids, where the world can see the beauty of the mighty Lord. What a beautiful picture that we see also in Isaiah chapter 2, 4. They will break their spears, their swords into plowshare. And in the book of Revelation, where the lamb and the lion will be together as one. What a beautiful picture. The possibilities that we have. That death is not the end of the story. That wars are not the end of the story. That nations against nations are not going to go forever because God is with us. And he will establish himself with his people. What a beautiful story. When we don't know where to go, we can always go to God, our refuge. When we don't know what's happening, we can always go to Emmanuel. He is with us. And we can always drink from him. 
we can always get something. And when we get out from the stream of water from God, there is something that goes in us. People will see the joy when you go to school, when you go to your workplace. Your neighbors will say, what's wrong with you, man? How can you continue to be smiling like this? Right? How can you be like this? How can you continue to believe in God with all that is happening in the world? How can you continue to sing? How can you continue to play music like this? What's wrong with you? But we will say no. It's because we've been to the river. We've been to the river. We have had some water, man. It's fresh water. It's good water. It's inspiring water. It's healthy water. It's great water, man. Come. Come and have some. Come and test. Come and drink. Come and eat. It's good food. It will give you life. Because the world is dying for good food. Dying for good water. And we can tell them, when we drink of this water, we will never thirst again. This is the water because Emmanuel, because of Emmanuel, God with us. Pause. Silence. Selah. Thirdly, God is our fortress. Verses 8 to 11. So what the text does is Moving from God is our refuge. Showing how things may be chaotic, but God is there. And helping us understand that Emmanuel, God is with us. And that we need to lift up our eyes and see God. And get water, get the freshness of God. And be with him and walk with him and speak with him. And then, knowing that God is our fortress. So this is what we read. It says that everything is happening. God, come see what God can do. He breaks the, the, the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. And he says, be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still. You see, stillness is something that is needed today. In the midst of social media, in the midst of the difficulties in different political views, in the midst of Canada not knowing what's happening, the U.S. not knowing what's happening, the world in turmoil, it says, be still and know that I'm God. When we read the book of Revelation, we get so caught up in the ends, in the wars, in the dragons, in the fires, in the destruction, 
that we don't understand the main point of the text is that God is. God reigns. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. God is. God reigns. And at the end of the day, this is what it says here. I will be exalted among the nations. It's like the author is a great teacher. Do you not understand? I will repeat it again. I will be exalted in the earth. I will be exalted in Canada. I will be exalted in India. I will be exalted in the United States. I will be exalted. And God is already in the process of having a people for him to exalt him. From all tongues, all tribes, all nations, all races, all ethnicities, God is already in the process to be exalted and he is already being exalted in the world. God is. And he is our fortress. We don't find our strength in what we have. We don't find our strength in who we may know. Not in our bank accounts. Not in our spouses or or our friends. Life is fleeting. Life is beautiful and also extremely fragile. We used to be strong for those of us who are 70s up. We're no longer there. I used to be a little bit stronger, but now, not so much. I'm getting tired more often now. Life is fragile. So we don't get our strengths in who we are or what we have or the degrees we have or where we work. No. My fortress is not in my books. My fortress is not in my bank account. My fortress is in my God. Where is yours? Where is yours? I am not that strong. Because I, actually I think I'm very weak amongst all my brothers and sisters. And sister, I'm the oldest, they think I'm strong. Don't tell them. But one of them had a son died when that baby was about nine months old. I don't know if I would be able to survive this. Another, he has his wife left him for another man. And he's only in his late 30s, maybe now 40. How do you live like this? How do you survive this? How? Another one has his wife with breast cancer. How do you live like this? Where do you find the strength? It's only in God. My fortress is in God. 
One thing that I have seen in my life is that a lot of people, they put their trust in a preacher, in a pastor, in a man of God or prophet or whatever. And then something happens to that person and they fall. You should never do that. Put your trust in God. Yes, the preachers, they need to be faithful. They need to do all they can to serve God faithfully and clearly and honestly. But our fortress is not in a man of God, in a preacher, in a pastor. Our faith is built on nothing else than what? Exactly, than Jesus Blood and righteousness. This is the fortress. This is who we serve. And Martin Luther got it. When he wrote in about 1529. This beautiful song. And Martin Luther was a theologian. A doctor. A professor of theology. But also a musician. And he wrote this. A mighty God. A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing. Our helper he amid the floods of mortal ills prevailing. Did we in our strength confide our striving would be losing. Were not the right men on our side. The men of God. Of God's own choosing. Do you ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he, Lord Sabbath, his name from age to age the same. And he must win the battle. At the end of the day, he won the battle. He will win the battle. And with him, we will be at his side. Yesterday, I was sharing with Sebastian, my second son, about what I was going to preach today. And he had to go to work this morning, so he could not come. And I shared a little bit about what I was going to preach. And he said that he also was reflecting for quite a bit on a psalm, Psalm 73. And he said, the verse that really got him was the last verse of the psalm. And I'd like to leave you with that verse because it corresponds to the topic of today, God, our strength. Psalm 73, verse 28. It says, but as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. He is our refuge and strength. Nothing else. No one else. He is the one. He is our refuge. He is with us. And he is our fortress. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you are doing in our lives. 
and what you will continue to do in our lives. Continue to bless us. Continue to guide us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.